Hello, I'm Matthew Deemer, former congressional candidate for Ohio's 7th District. And I'm Nikisha Nickerson, secretary and vice chair of the Cuyahoga County Democratic Party and councilwoman for Woodmere Village. And we are the hosts of the brand new CCDP podcast, Cuyahoga Today. Where we share everything in the Democratic Party, politics, and Cuyahoga County. From in-depth interviews, Cuyahoga Dem updates, and information all about your local community. Find out everything that's happening in Cuyahoga today. And here are your updates. Help get the abortion rights on the ballot in Ohio today. Become a volunteer to help collect signatures by coming down to 3615 Superior Avenue, the Democratic Party headquarters, to pick up your petitions today. This is your Executive Vice Chair, Juanita Brent. We have an important election coming up on August 8th. In this election, we encourage you to vote no, and I mean it, you gotta vote no, to ensure that we protect our democracy. See you at the polls August 8th. One person, one vote. Hi, this is your chair, Dave Brock. Our annual Cuyahoga County Democratic Party dinner is this Sunday, May 21st, and our keynote speaker this year is none other than Jamie Harrison, the chairman of the Democratic National Committee. So you can RSVP at www.kydem.com, and we hope to see you there. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the updates today. Now, here's an interview from Cuyahoga County Democratic Party Chair David Brock and your Executive Vice Chair Juanita Brent. Enjoy. I'm sitting with the chairman of the Cuyahoga County Democratic Party, Chairman David Brock, and representative from District 22 and Vice Chair Juanita Brent. How are you doing today? Doing well, Matthew. How about you? Hey, Matt. How's it going? How's it going? Okay, so a lot of people know who you are, and a lot of people don't know a lot about you. And I think the one thing we want to just, you know, put out there for everybody is a little bit about your backgrounds, like who you are, what you guys did, your education backgrounds, and so on and so forth. And I want to start with ladies first. Juanita, tell us a little about yourself. So I am a Cleveland native through and through from the Lee Harvard Ward 1 HVD. That's what we call it over there. I'm born and raised in Cleveland. I grew up in that community sat on the board of trustees over at the Harvard Community Service Center, sat on the board for our um, Lee Harvard Community Development Center, um, went to Wright State University. Now I'm a state representative in my fifth year, third term. So just out here, just trying to do the people's work. So what got you into public service? Like, first of all, how long have you been in public service and why did you get into public service? I would just say my first taste of it was watching my aunt, who was a 16-year state representative um, in the state of Ohio, and watching her do it. That was my first taste of actually being exposed to that experience. Dave, tell us a little bit about yourself. Can I call you Dave or is the chairman? <laughs> Dave is totally fine. Uh, I grew up in uh, Olmsted Township. Um, shout out to the township in the southwestern part of the Cuyahoga County, born in the city of Cleveland. Uh, and went to Olmsted Falls High School over there and eventually worked my way, went to the University of Missouri to work on a PhD, ended up teaching uh, history out there um, at an all-women's college. But after six or so years, I knew I always felt the sort of compelling pull to move back to Cleveland. And about 10 years ago, that's uh, exactly what I did, wanted to be more active in sort of the city's renaissance. And I moved immediately to uh, West Park. This is where my, much of my family is from, my father, my mother. Um, so I'm in the in the city of Cleveland now and enjoy it a great deal and just was sort of slowly but surely actively involved in politics, um, grassroots politics in particular over there. And by 2020, we had, uh, myself and a few others, had really tackled um, some significant issues and significant turnout. Um, getting to 40,000 doors, things of that mm. nature in 2020 on behalf of the Democratic ticket. So that's a, my essential background. I, I mean, 6'4", 
<laughs> you know, all right, uh, too much. This is not a dating website. Exactly, exactly. That's clevelandbrox.com. You can send them a direct message there. No, 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 no. Long walks on the beach. Yeah, there you go. Long talks with Juanita because there's no such thing as short talks with Juanita. Boom. Oh, we're really doing this right now on the podcast? Yeah. All right, so you guys are new leadership within the party. Brock, you, you ran for chair. Honestly, a lot of people were surprised that you did, did so. Mm-hmm. You, you came out, you won uh, handily. You, you two are a new leadership within the Democratic Party. Why did you think that the Democratic Party needed new leadership? Regardless of what we felt like if we needed it or not, the person before us resigned. Well, she wasn't running against you. Yeah, she wasn't running against. So, I mean, Congresswoman Brown, uh, so Chantel Brown. There was going to be an absence with her deciding not to run again. And, you know, both of us have been actively involved in the party and we're kind of like married at first sight. We just decided mm-hmm. to work together and mm-hmm. making it work ever since. Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of times there's people will run for these positions, the four party officers as a slate. And Juanita and I were both running for chair at the time. And I did consider reaching out to her to say, hey, you should run as my executive vice chair. I'll run as chair. But I thought that was a little presumptuous. Plus, she and I had, had never met until we were running for chair. But I had a ton of respect for her, for her record in the House, which is impeccable. You know, we got to the day of the election and, you know, we did round one and um, I, I was second uh, at that point. And, and Rob Zimmerman, who's become a good friend and advisor, and Juanita was, uh, they were third and fourth. And then there was another gentleman, Ernie Harris, fifth. Um, and th- we were allowed to run again on, on a second ballot, all of us, but they gave people an opportunity to drop out. Mm-hmm. And if they did drop out the, for the second ballot, they could have supported one of the remaining two candidates, which is what Juanita did in, in about four seconds. Um, she said, all right, Brock, I'm going to get out and support you. Rob said the same. Then mm. Ernie said the same. They all three went up on the stage. And announced that and their support for me, and you could really there was a really a palpable sense of change, reform, energy within the mm-hmm. within the auditorium at that point. It was pretty awe inspiring, quite frankly. So you said change, reform, energy, and so it means that there's a group kind of um, feeling that something needed change involved. I mean, of course, you said Chantel Brown, Representative Chantel Brown, was stepping down, so obviously this was going to happen no one mm-hmm. way or the other. What are you looking at that you really want to initiate within the party during your tenure? We're getting people engaged, no matter if you're a senior citizen and you're trying to find your place. If you're young and you've never been involved in politics or people, if you're new to the community, we want everyone to know your place is within the Democratic Party. And we're just really just educating people with the tools that at one time, sometimes people felt like were not accessible for them to know about. So no matter if it's candidate training, no matter if it's getting people ready to canvas and organize their community, everybody has a place. I don't care who you are. As long as you want to claim yourself to be a Democrat, your place is with us. And how can people do that? You said you're, you're educating, but what can people do to reach out right now to say, get involved and be part of the solutions that you're talking about? Well, right now, one of the things we have going on is with our petition drive mm-hmm. and just getting people engaged with the resources that they need to have. We want to make sure resources are not hard to obtain. There's so many different factors on why people are not always able to get engaged. We're making sure people know where the Dem Club meetings are. We're mm-hmm. making sure that people know where the pe- um, petition trainings are. We're making sure that candidates have resources to know what to expect. I mean, so that's why I don't I I've really enjoyed working with and being the executive vice chair to our chairman Brock. She's 100% right. I think it was it was weird like she says married at first sight. We didn't meet until May of 2022 and the election was in June of 2022. And but we are almost always on the same page, particularly like she says we want people to get engaged, we want people to get involved. 
um, we want the over, overarching theme is anything that can increase turnout, particularly in the city of Cleveland, but elsewhere as well, and inc- increasing, uh, particularly in the suburbs, more Democrats, uh, more and more Democrats to vote. So she makes a good point. We've done a, a number of different things. We do a, a weekly newsletter, which is something new that the party's doing um, that goes out in emails every Tuesday. We don't want anyone to say, well, I'm not informed or I don't know necessarily what's going on. It's mm-hmm, hard to communicate mm-hmm. probably to everybody, but um, <clears throat> we have we named it about 10 directors uh, who are really tasked with doing different things for the party, everything from racial equity to field to finance. Um, and so in union and labor outreach, which is vital and personal for me. Um, and we also have these new, uh, several new caucuses and dem clubs that have sprung up. I think there's been half a dozen new dem clubs since I became chair in various Olmstead Falls, Olmstead Township, for example, mm-hmm. um, Strongsville, uh, other places. And, uh, we have a seniors caucus that started as simply a, a dream, but, uh, the two women, uh, heading that up, uh, Pam Mason and Linda Kohar, I mean, you couldn't ask for better And there. Those meetings are getting dozens and dozens of people to come and we want to see how we can reach out better to seniors. We want to see how we can reach out better to, um, people of color, people who in this community, in this County, and we want to see how we can just be there for people sometimes just to hear their criticisms of the party, which there are right, rightful criticisms from time to time. So we want to be able to, we just want to be there. And that, I think that would be the most important thing. You said increasing turnout. And we all know that um, Cleveland's turnout is historically low or lower than the suburbs. Yeah. What do you do as um, executive leadership to increase the turnout? And is there anything that can be learned from the suburbs or is it a totally different ball game of, of getting that turnout? If you understand my question, I hope yeah. I'm saying yeah. it okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to meet people where they're at when it comes to resources. Cleveland is not the suburbs and the suburbs is not Cleveland. Right. So we have to address on particularly what is the root cause of problem? How do we get to that issue? Because that was not always the case with Cleveland. Cleveland was, was normally the standard bearer for how voting happened for the rest of the county. Mm-hmm. Now it's starting to be not so much. So we have to realize like, what are the issues? Is it transportation? Is it resource to um, information? And we have to go back to that. And also one of the biggest things that our chair just said is building up the Dem Clubs. So you notice there's a direct correlation with voter turnout if you have a Dem Club, an active Dem- Democratic club in your area. So that's where one of our focuses has been is building up and supporting and providing our Democratic clubs with resources. That's exactly right. I think we also want the county party to be more of a community partner, and this is true particularly in the city of Cleveland, uh, where people were sort of a resource agency almost in terms of, well, this is what you can do in this county if you need help with home repairs. This is what you can do if you see illegal dumping. Um, and the, the, we're putting together three different flyers or handbills right now. One is almost, which will be mostly just for Cleveland, is specifically that. It's a resource um, that we're just saying, hey, here's where you go, because not all this gets communicated to people. In the city of Cleveland, um, there are socioeconomic factors at stake, and this isn't just a Cuyahoga County issue. Obviously, this is happening in places like St. Louis, <clears throat> Philadelphia, places like that where you see turnout going down in these big cities, right. and people are somewhat losing faith in the political process themselves, mm. of which the Democratic Party is obviously a big part. But we right. want to sort of reinstill hope and one of those things is by trusting the party. Oh, hey, they 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 are looking out for us at the very least. So uh, the city of Cleveland is, is vitally important to anything that happens electorally in terms of success in this state. You said that there's a correlation between the Democratic clubs and turnout. I saw that as well when I ran for mm-hmm. uh, U.S. Congress. And I've seen that there has been a lot of places that had Democratic clubs come in and then start flipping 
the city's blue, mm-hmm. like Rocky River, Bay mm-hmm. Village, mm-hmm. Solon, which people, I still go on in the district or in the county, and people say, oh, you're from that red place. Well, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not red, actually. And it, it, they're voting 60, 65, yes. 67% yeah. Democrat now. But there is still some areas that are strongly red, Independence, mm-hmm. uh, Strongsville. Mm-hmm. How do you plan to turn those and go have those go the same route as, say, the Rocky River, Solon, mm-hmm. and um, Bay Village? There's several factors. One is that places like Strongsville and, and North Royalton are within this new, over the period of the last really just decade, uh, you've seen significant changes, again, when it comes to educational level attainment and other socioeconomic factors. Those who graduated from college are moving leftward, if you will, towards the Democratic Party. Those who haven't are moving rightward. The city of Parma is one of the better examples of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, and North Royalton will be very interesting. And Strongsville is, by the way, daily becoming more Democratic. Uh, Tim Ryan, I think, only lost it by six points. I suspect that within the next four years, uh, I anticipate Strongsville voting for a Democrat at the top of the ticket. Mm. Uh, North Royalton will be interesting. They have such great, a great Democratic, North Royalton Democratic Club is led by one of the best, most energetic, most intelligent, thoughtful people in this whole county, Courtney Chef. And that party, that club, they started in January of 2022, and it has already become the template for many Mm. others. So when you have that organization, when you have the people who are willing to volunteer, walk the walk, all we can do is just provide them with resources, information, and encouragement, and keep them in, and just keep highlighting the great work they're doing. So those are very important to moving forward, those Democratic clubs in the local areas. It's just giving people a place where they can feel like they belong. 100%. Democrats are only going to show up to canvas and help turn out the vote where they feel like they have a place. And that's why we have to make sure we focus on our Democratic clubs because you belong here. And wherever you're here is, we're going to find your people in your geographical area so you can be a part of that. One thing I hear a lot about, and I wonder if this is um, hurting participation a little bit or maybe getting fully engaged with, you know, politics or the party or going door to door is the political environment, the landscape has changed. And a lot of people are scared that there's going to be harassment or violence when you're going out there to advocate for the Democrats or your candidate. Uh, What do you say to that? And do you think that that is a real um, concern? And if that is a real concern, how do you get people involved when, to be perfectly honest, their safety is going to trump lack of a better word, uh, their, their safety is going to trump the need to go out and be involved with the Democrats. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. I think that in Cleveland.com in the past few months, uh, Plain Dealer has done written some editorials about the lack of civility in American politics today, and certainly that lack leads to violence. Now, my question there is to say that civility is a, a lack of civility is a two-way sh- street is fundamentally false. Uh, the Republican Party... Um, supports a man who lies routinely. Um, they they support uh, violence towards people like Nancy Pelosi's uh, husband who was beaten with a hammer. They thought that was uh, proper. They support things like the January 6th insurrection. Um, they support um, a great many of these things. That's where the, some of the problem comes from. And, and politics has become incivil in a, in a, in a way that it has happened before, by the way, in this country, but it is mm-hmm. happening now to the point where you're right. It's like it's okay for me to be physically violent towards someone of the other party. Why? Because that's what the Republicans are, are saying is okay. And it's not, it's not okay. And I don't disagree that people should be, of course, always worried about their safety, but that's why we're looking at other ways to connect with people that don't necessarily put people 
uh, in risk in this time and day. You just you really never know. Well, I'll just say, and just my view of just being a black woman here in America, there's always been a fight for democracy. There's mm-hmm. always, no matter if you talk about the civil rights movement or the civil war, there's always been a fight for democracy. Now, what's different is that people didn't realize that they were going to have to be the ones to mm. have to fight for their own democracy. Mm. It was always a them problem. Mm. When the civil war happened, they was like, oh, we're not having to fight for our freedom. We can still sit at home. When the civil rights movement happened, it was like, oh, that's a them problem. We could just sit at home. So I've always seen that. In my office at the State House, there's a picture of my grandmother, if you ever come to my office, it's a black and white picture of her protesting. Is that is it definitely always an invite? <laughs> All right, cool. I've never pros- been invited. Oh, <laughs> it's a reason why. Oh, <laughs> but is it a picture of her in front of a Coca Cola warehouse protesting that you know Coca Cola is trying to kill black people? That it's mm-hmm. not helpful for the community. Mm-hmm. So there's always been a fight. Is that some people didn't realize that now is their time to have skin in the game, mm-hmm. and so that's why I think the difference is that people didn't realize that this is their time and not just them time. So. If I'm going to just summarize what you said when you're talking to the people that say, hey, there is a different political landscape out there. My safety could be at danger. You're saying is you always have to fight for democracy. Get out of the house and participate in any way you can. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Yeah, 100 percent. And that's what we're encouraging. We're seeing exactly what Juanita is talking about taking place now since the Dobbs decision. There are a great many women in this country who may have been pro-life, if that's even the right term, and more like anti-choice previously. And then they realize this right has been ripped away from them, Just mm. uh, and they never thought that could happen. But it has. Uh, we see the right to vote being uh, maybe not completely taken away, but infringed upon, no question. So, you, And this is going to happen. This is how Republicans d- dwell on fear. That's how they live. And they're going to continue to do this. And there's going to be other groups. They want to take away here in the state of Ohio. There was a bill introduced, I believe, in the Senate that wanted to limit the ability of teachers to bargain collectively, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's messed a, up. Yeah, that's, and that's at the heart and soul of building the middle class. That's why right. the middle class exists in this country, because of unions and that right. right. So they're going to continue to threaten rights um, because they live in an ideological bubble where hatred and fear uh, trump rational thinking and what's best for the country. So I want to just take out and move this to a more of a macro conversation about how um, Cuyahoga County's place is in uh, the United States. And Juanita, you work in Columbus, which is also a huge population center of the United States. Where do you think that the counties and their population and the influence that we have nationally have a place within national conversation? We are the standard bearer for the state. Like when people think about Ohio, they really think about Cleveland and the greater Cleveland area before they think about anything else. People have to ask you who the ca- what the capital is. People don't have to ask you about Cleveland. So Cleveland represents a lot of times Ohio and how Cleveland is being affected by the party politics. Mm-hmm. So it all goes hand in hand with everything goes. And we're literally, we're fighters. When we think about the first um, black congressperson who came from the state of Ohio is because he fought on a water agenda about protecting our waters. We have been always been fighters of the standards of standing up for everyone. So that's where we are in the midst of all of this. Yeah, I totally agree. I will say that uh, I guess in the national, there's been no question as a former historian that from the late 1880s until about 2012, the Ohio, I think, was only wrong twice um, in in voting for president in terms of Ohio voted against the way that the nation did. Um, And that was surprisingly with FDR's last term in 1944 and then John F. Kennedy in 1960, who won nationally but lost. Uh, I don't think there's any question that Ohio has moved from purple to more red. Uh, I think it would be hard to argue that. Gerrymandering. Gerrymandering has certainly impacted some of that, but it's also been, other than uh, Senator Brown, it's been a while since the Democrat has won at the top of the ticket. 
in this state unless they had a D next unless they had no D next to their name. Um, but so I think that but we're as I Juanita could not have said it better. Cleveland is a town that we know we're fighters. Um, LeBron James, the Cleveland Browns, they all sort of prove that. Well, that's the image we have nationally, having lived out of the state for eight and a half years. I can tell you that there is this sense of. Cuyahoga County as, as fighters, and that's exactly what we, Juanita and I, represent and want people to know. We're not, we're not backing down. This is, what, this is what we believe. This is what's best for the state, so we're going to continue that. Are we at risk of losing our importance within the national conversation? I mean, Cuyahoga County is losing population. Um, Ohio is, again, the, as Juanita said, the little brother of Florida and Texas when it comes to the state house and policy. Are we at risk of losing our importance and our influence within the national conversation. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, I think we need to be sincere about this, that the states next to us, Pennsylvania and the one north of us, are both um, you know, much more successful for Democrats. But, um, Michigan, what they did was remarkable this past election cycle in terms of electing women, uh, which they have now made, got rid of this notion of right to work, which is a, a lie to begin with, but they we're the first state, I think, to repeal that. Is that right, Juanita? Was Michigan the first state to repeal it? So it's some, in some ways, we're the little brother or little sister now in Pennsylvania and Michigan, more, even more so than we were a few years ago, Texas and Florida. But um, because it's hard to argue. I mean, all, we're obviously excited about Sheriff Brown's race next year and his chances, and that'll keep us in the national conversation. But we're going to have to do more as a county, a county party and a state and a state party to maintain that. What do you say to that question, Juanita? If we lose the influence on the national in the national conversation, I would assume that less resources are coming over to the state, coming over to the county, and we kind of get for, forgotten. So our issues are just going to be honestly working as the city council in you know our local races, but we're not really thought of when it comes to the presidential and senate races and so on and so forth. And we won't get that national support. Brock said that that, that is changing. We are losing influence. Whose responsibility is it to help us maintain that? Is it? The party is it the people is it the governor is it the state house is it the gerrymandering i guess it, we could say it's everything but how do we change and how do we make sure that we don't that doesn't slip away we have to constantly be in a place of fighting and that's not a place that people always like to be in comfort of doing and saying that we're going to be fighting for this and this is why we have to get everybody to have skin in the game and so just starting it up from the bottom not from the top you got to start at the the, the lowest level of, of interaction and it's every day talking to people to make sure that people feel seen within our party. Somewhere along the way, people weren't feeling seen and they just stopped engaging. They stopped voting. They stopped showing up. And so what's happened is long term when we ran people statewide, people just did not show up, no matter if they just skipped the primary or skipped the general or just did not, you know, or they voted for somebody else. They just or skipped the race. They just stopped being engaged. And so we have to get people excited about being Democrats the um, philosophy that most people believe in is actually more democratic than it is uh, with other mm-hmm, parties. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. people want to be a part of that. And so even if other places have are not thinking about Ohio, Ohio is concerned about Ohio. Mm. And that's what we're going to fight with. Last question, and I want to just put, put it to both of you. Um, what is something that you want any listener that's listening right now to know about the party, about 2024, about the future? What, what do you want to communicate right now? Well, I think we built on something last fall. I think everyone was surprised that there were 57 Democrats on the ballot in this county. 56 of them won this county. That was pretty remarkable. We did that in four and a half months' time. We were able to get just a ton of buy-in from volunteers and bring the so-called best and the brightest, the hardest working, all together to do that. And we're all still working together on 2024, and we are going to increase turnout uh, in 2024, particularly in the city of Cleveland, by reaching out to 
residents. Now, I don't know, 2020 was sort of record turnout, but what we want to do is sort of keep building off what we did last year and that we're going to be out there, that they're, they're, they're going to see us, uh, they're going to hear from us many, many different ways over the period of the next 20 months. Um, so we're looking forward to that. Just say this is this is our time. This is our our time to get it right in 2024. We have a lot that's on the line. No matter if you're talking about shared these judicial races, because judges do matter, the state house races, um, these county council races, all of that matters. And we're taking every race seriously. It's not like we're just prioritizing certain races and then we're not for other one. Every race matters. And until that happens with every part of the United States. That's when us Democrats will start just really start winning everything. Yeah, and I think we want to see how the message, like people get caught up on the cultural issues, of course, and so on and so forth. But those are very important. I mean, I think it's vital that uh, non-white people, of which make up forty percent of the people in this county, are heard from. Um, and there are issues involving women, women's reproductive rights. There are issues involving the LGBTQ community where they need to be heard. But we, we are the oldest political party in the world. We can do both. We can also talk about um, how corporations are sticking into our workers. Some corporations are sticking into our workers. About how we can build generational wealth in this country. About how the vast vast majority of voters aren't looking to own a private yacht to own a private jet they just want to have a comfortable living and have a better life for their children and that's what we want to emphasize that we can do all of these things we're the democratic party again so we're going to keep fighting the fight chairman david brock and executive vice chair and representative juanita brent i want to say thank you very much for taking the time to introduce uh you guys yourselves the party your plans uh talking about more macro about everything that's happening within politics right now nationally and in Ohio and I can't wait for us to have much more conversations many more conversations moving forward and going really deep diving into some of the issues that face every person within this county and in the state in the future thank you very much thanks Matthew appreciate it thank you Matt thank you for listening to the Cuyahoga County Democratic Party's podcast Cuyahoga Today tune in next week for our latest show and find out all of the latest information that's happening right here in your community Show your support by going to www.cuydem.com and make a contribution. Do you have any questions about the show? Is there a topic you want us to cover? Or is there someone you want us to interview? If so, send your requests and questions to info at cuydem.com. Thank you again for joining our podcast. Until next week.